podcast where we explore our own thoughts, biases, and lived experiences in order to find and evolve our authentic selves. I'm Marie and this is the very first episode and I'm grateful you're here listening. In this episode I'll be sharing a little bit about my story and why this podcast was created. My husband Jeremy and I grew up in homes where things were either chaotic or rigid. When we first got married, we lived in a small one-bedroom apartment in Bellevue, Washington with no furniture. We slept on a mattress on the floor. I remember us being so incredibly happy. The peace and tranquility of our home meant everything to me. It made me reflect on my childhood, attending extravagant events, having expensive things going on trips around the world, but when I was at home, I slept and cried a lot, usually in secret. I learned quickly at a young age that if I wasn't happy or calm, the adults would not be happy. I always felt like something was off growing up, but I didn't have the vocabulary to explain what I was feeling. When my husband and I decided to try to get pregnant, one of the things we talked about was if we were ready to raise a human being and for a human being to rely on us 24-7. Most of the time, people ask, when are you going to have a baby? But the thing is, humans are only babies for two years. They grow and mature and require guidance during that process. Reparenting ourselves because of the way we were raised is one of the reasons why this podcast exists. For people like us to have a place to learn things we didn't learn as children. When our son was born, we made it our mission to become the parents we wished we had. We would have deep conversations at our house about mental health, abuse, trauma, diving into self-help books and attending our fair share of therapy to deal with our childhoods. Life is hard and the people around us shouldn't be making it harder for us. We want this podcast to be a place where our children can learn more about how we worked hard to get to where we are today. So I was born and raised in Singapore, and when I was 18, I moved to the state of Idaho in the United States to attend university. I was miserable in Singapore, and I thought that if I left Singapore, things would get better. I met incredible people, the kindest, most genuine people I've ever met in my life. My second semester there, I took an economics class and I had a project partner who really made an impact on me. Sometimes I would forget our assignments and I would apologize like crazy until one day my project partner said to me, why do you say sorry so much? 
It's almost like you're sorry you exist. He said the words I had been feeling for a long time. I did feel sorry that I existed. I felt like a burden to everyone around me. Nothing I did could make things okay back home. Despite my internal struggles, I decided to be a volunteer missionary for my church for 18 months. After that, I went back to school in Idaho. I was still struggling with my mind, and I heard from some friends about therapy, so I decided to give it a shot. I had a good experience my very first session, and I was so excited for things in my life to change. I told my mother about the counseling session. I was told not to go anymore and that I could deal with my struggles by myself. I tried to reason with her, but she said, Marie, you do not have depression. What will people think if our friends and family in Singapore find out? I didn't go anymore. Fast forward a year later, I decided to go again, and this time not tell anyone I was going. In my professional life, my academics, romantic relationships, there was disaster everywhere I looked. In therapy, I learned about narcissism and the traits of a narc. Narcissism is on a spectrum. Some people will have these traits and are open to change and get help, while some narcissists have full-blown narcissistic personality disorder. I'm going to read the criteria of narcissistic traits listed by the American Psychiatric Association. 1. Feels grandiose and self-importance, for example, they exaggerate achievements and talents to the point of lying and they demand to be recognized as superior. Two, is obsessed with fantasies of unlimited success, fame, and power. Three, firmly convinced that he or she is unique and being special can only be understood by or associate with other special, unique, or high-status people or institutions. 4. Requires excessive admiration, attention, and affirmation, or failing that, wishes to be feared and to be notorious. 5. Feels entitled, expects unreasonable or special priority treatment, demands automatic and full compliance with his or her expectations. 6. Is interpersonally exploitative, meaning they use others to achieve his or her own ends. 7. Devoid of empathy, is unable or unwilling to identify with or acknowledge the feelings and needs of others. 8. Constantly envious of others or believes that they feel the same about him or her. 9. Arrogant, haughty behaviors or attitudes coupled with rage when frustrated, contradicted, or confronted. Okay, that was a lot I know. Learning about narcissism, though, helped me understand my upbringing, why I felt unseen, and why many, many, many 
attempts to make things better were in vain. It also helped me to understand why I had such a completely different childhood from my siblings. I asked my therapist, am I a narcissist too? Because narcissists aren't born, they are created. I was not responsible for the life experiences that led to my mother mistreating me. I realized I do love Singapore. The home environment I grew up in was what I needed to get away from. Accepting my childhood for what it was and accepting my narcissistic parent for who she is and not wanting to change her anymore gave me great peace of mind. With that peace, I was able to work on other aspects of my life. By surrounding myself with people who had the emotional maturity to accept me as a work in progress gave me the courage and support I needed to create a concrete plan of action in order for me to become who I really wanted to be. The more distance I had from my narcissist, the better my life improved. I am more confident in my decision making. I'm able to develop long-lasting relationships and recognize that I'm not for everyone. I also started to recognize other narcissistic and toxic people in my life and gained the strength to have solid boundaries with them if I had to be around them. We are unstoppable when we realize we deserve better. No matter what kind of loss, abuse or trauma you've been through, growth and healing is uncomfortable and painful. It's a bumpy ride. Being a child of a narcissistic parent and being an extension of them instead of your own person till you break free is a scary and lonely path. I still struggle with boundaries sometimes, but it does get better with practice and patience. For most of my life, I was in an unhealthy place and I didn't even know it. I was attracting other emotionally unavailable people when I realized that I was a toxic person myself, that I could take charge of my life and become emotionally healthy. That's when everything changed for me. Forgiving myself and trying my best to seek restitution with people I've deeply hurt was excruciatingly painful. It was a long, difficult road of learning, unlearning, and relearning with an open and flexible mind. I was hungry to learn and still am. What my soul really wanted was for me to be kind to me. You can't continue to allow people to cause you emotional harm and keep them around by saying, that's just how they are. If they don't want to grow, let them go. I also had to make peace with the fact that I sacrificed being a child. Children should be playing, being carefree, and enjoy being in the moment. I am free to create the life I want now, and I love who I am becoming. I want to share five things you can do to be more of your authentic self. 1. Grieve and accept the past. Pain and grief can be learned from, but set boundaries on how long you spend your time there. 2. Forgive yourself for mistakes and hurt 
you've caused when you didn't know better. This helps develop self-compassion. Three, be intentional with how you spend your time. No one is entitled to your time. Be aware of who or what gets to spend time with you. Four, find one thing every day to be grateful for. This can be part of meditation or journaling. Five, have an accountability partner, someone you trust. It could be a mental health professional, a coach, a trusted friend, roommate, or spouse who you can report your progress to. Keep repeating these things as often as you need to. Be hopeful and consistent with your evolution. Self-awareness is the key to authenticity. As I've become more authentic, I attract others who embrace authenticity. Let me repeat those five things that you can do to be more of your authentic self. One, grieve and accept the past. Two, forgive yourself for mistakes and hurt you've caused when you didn't know better. Three, be intentional with how you spend your time. Four, find one thing every day to be grateful for. Five, have an accountability partner. If you think you may know a narcissist, please speak to a mental health professional or a trusted confidant about your experiences. You might already know a narcissist. If you do, I want you to know that you are not alone. I help people who have experienced narcissistic abuse every day. Because I've been there, I can help you deal with the aftermath and get you to where you truly want to be. Please send me a message if I can support you in any way. I'll leave you with this question. What can I do to be more of my true self today? Follow me on Instagram at Marie Ellis Cook to stay up to date on all Cook Coterie projects. Life is too short to be anyone but yourself. I'll see you next time.